Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back here to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie of Your New Life Ministries. And we got a little bit of a, a special episode, along with our discovery topic for this season, Discovering, are you helping or are you enabling? Do you know the difference? Well, we're going to talk about this today on this particular podcast. Uh, the topics are, are uh, again, are you helping or are you enabling? Two, knowing, not... The second one, your children are not born knowing right from wrong. Third, okay, there's many addictions out in the world, and this is for children, and this is for friends and siblings as well, but are you feeding their addiction? Hmm? Are you helping it along? Uh, four, are you teaching responsibility? And what are the things that lead to their downfall when they stay in their addiction? And then there's my story. I've got a lot of experience in this. Yeah, number five was her topic for her personal story of what she went through with her children. Uh, she was this all thing, uh, person trying to help them, your children. There's a huge difference. Like I said, we're going to talk about that through our different topics today. But as we get going, you'll learn all this. And what did the Bible say about it? we got special verses that talks about this exact thing. So I hope you sit back and enjoy this particular episode, Season 2, Episode 17. Are you helping or are you enabling? Yeah, so that's our first topic. Um, I know, our, you know, you want to help people. And this doesn't just go for your children. This goes for friends. This goes for family members. And they'll always come at you for, they'll always come at you for help. Um and, oh, can I have a little bit of money for this? Can I have a little bit of money for that? Um, and, you're, you know, oh, man, and they'll feed you this sob story. Are you helping them? I know, you know, everyone has this fear, you know, oh, I'll never see my child again. And, and they really need this. And you, you think you're helping them to get on their feet because you don't want to see them helpless and homeless. And so you give and you give again. Or maybe you have, you know, it's your children and you just don't want the other, you know, either the mom or the dad to find out whichever one you are that's enabling. And you don't want them angry because maybe they have a bad temper. Yes, I've been there, done that. Um, but you know what? For our first verse, I'm going to read Titus 2, 11 through 13. Guess what, people? It's okay to say no. And if they're doing something and if they're not living right by the Lord and they're not standing on their own two feet, it's okay to say no. And, and you can say it without conditions. James 5.12 says, Above all, brothers and sisters, do not swear by heaven or by earth or anything else. All you need to say is simple, yes or no, or, or otherwise be condemned. That sometimes 
you just need to say no. And Titus 2, 11 through 13 says that it's okay to. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from the lawless deeds and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. It is okay. It is okay to say no. It is okay to not give your child everything they want. Bottom line is this, people. You're the parent. It's our job to mold our child into being a person that we want them to be, and be a person that honors God. We are so quickly as parents to give our children what we didn't have. What's wrong with giving them what we did have growing up? What is so wrong by that? You did just fine growing up. Uh, my wife and I did just fine growing up. What is so wrong with giving them those hardcore foundations that our parents gave us? We're so quickly to do the opposite. We want to give, oh, my son didn't have that. Well, that's fine because you didn't have it either growing up, and you turned out just fine. You didn't have an Xbox growing up. You didn't have this PS4 crap growing up. The only thing we had was a simple video game that only cost $1,200 uh, growing uh, no. One one hundred uh, hundred bucks growing up. I'm sorry, you know. But the, just the point of the matter mm -hmm. is, there's nothing wrong with, with saying no to your kids and not giving them what they don't have. They chances are they didn't have before. They're probably not going to need it. Yeah. So that brings us to the next topic. Our children are not born knowing right from wrong. Parents, you need to be a parent first. You need to be a parent first friend next because our children are not born knowing right from wrong and it's your job as a parent to teach that to them so that means guess what sometimes they got to say no they're screaming bloody murder and they got to eat something and they're stomping on the table because they want ice cream well guess what they don't always get what they want and neither do we and they end up stealing to get what they want if you don't be a parent to them while they're younger. So it's okay to say no. It's okay to discipline them. It's okay. And Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Ooh, that is really good. Because not it doesn't all that doesn't necessarily mean death as in life and death. Spiritually dead. Okay. They can be going down the wrong hill and not living life at all. Is that what you want? Is that what you really want for your children? Uh, I want my child to know who God is, how God operates, and that he loves them. And it's our job to teach them, teach them all that about God. And teach them uh, that they love them, that they want the best for them, and all that. And it's uh, pretty cool, honestly. Hebrews 7, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 says, Endure suffering as a discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate, illegitimate children 
and not through sons. Furthermore, we have all we have all had earthly fathers who disciplined us and respected them. Should we not? Uh, should we not much more submit to our Father of our spirit and our and live? That's the whole entire point right there. That when God is telling us we need to discipline, but there's a thin line between discipline and child abuse, which that should be all basic common sense. Yes. So that brings us to our next point. Okay, there are so many things that your kids want. And not just your kids, it's your friend. You can have a friend with an addiction and they're feeding you a sob story, it seems like, on a monthly basis. And, you know, isn't it kind of curious how this monthly basis always comes around the first of the month? Um, okay, there's shopping addictions, there's gambling addictions, and then there's drugs and alcohol, there's smoking. Um, oh, and there's, with our kids, this is a good one, it's the gaming thing. Okay, are they playing all night? Are they playing these games all night? And then they're waking up the next morning, oh, mom, I'm just so sick, I don't feel like going to school today. Take their temperature and send them to school. They probably stayed up all night gaming. Do they have games, internet games? Well, parents, you, you, you can do it. And if you don't know how, find out how. You can set limits and hourly limits and put in codes, or if not, take their computer to your room at night. Okay, it's for their benefit. You can't just believe everything they say because... They will manipulate, they will lie, they will do whatever they have to, to get what they want. And you're responsible for their spiritual growth, or you're responsible for their mental and emotional growth, and their physical growth. And are you doing it? And physical isn't just body-wise. Physical is maturity also. Are they growing as they need? Are you teaching them right from wrong? Are you teaching them the moral values in life that they need to learn? And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes tough love is not easy. But for your spiritual well-being, your children's well-being, so they grow up to be mature young adults and get jobs and not living off of you, playing video games, drinking and doing drugs until they're 40-something years old, Parents, you need to get wise. You need to get wise. And also, it's not just parents. It's everybody out there who has friends. Come on. First of the month comes along, and you have this friend that's constantly, oh, man, they're going to turn off my lights, and I just don't have money, and I just had this, 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 and this. But then the next day, they come up to you, man, how do you like these new shoes I just bought? And you're thinking, huh, the new shoes maybe I just bought. It's okay to say no. Well, it's not only okay to say no, but sometimes you have no choice but to say no. You got to stop the um, gravy train because you just can't. They cannot keep on asking us for everything, expecting us to give it to them because they know where to come to when it's time for them to get it. It's called telling them to get a job, teaching them responsibility, and. That's that's what we that's what our job is supposed to. Do. We're not to go into gravy train forever, and they got to learn that one day they're going to be on their own, and that's what we want as parents to know that, that they know that one day you're not always going to be there. 
They have got to learn responsibility and learn how to take care of themselves. Yes, and as far as friends, siblings, don't let them turn it around on you and play the victim and you're the bad guy. Because are you the one going out shopping and, and buying those $100 shoes uh, every month? Uh, or, or, you know, $100, $150, $200 outfits? Are, are you doing that or are they? And you're living wise and living on a budget and you have money and your electricity is not getting turned off. Um, they're going out to eat every night. But you plan a budget and you actually go to the grocery store. And you cook. Restaurant living, that's not cheap, people. Um, and so no, it's not your fault. And don't let them don't let them psych you out to think that it's your fault if I get evicted. No, it's not your fault if they get evicted. It's their fault and you need to put it back on them. Sometimes the tough love teaches them the hard lessons in life. And it's for their own well-being because do you want to keep supporting yourself and your sibling or supporting yourself and your friend? Do you want to keep doing that? Because you're going to keep doing that if you don't stop. If you don't practice a little tough love. That's right. And we're going to take a quick break here and play a song that I love, my wife loves. And it's really a good song. It's probably Hillary Scott and the Scott family called Thy Will. So we'll be right back right after this. I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So I followed through. Somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think I may never understand That my broken heart is a part of your plan When I try to pray, all I got is her and these four words
topic today discovery are you in, in helping or are you enabling and we're going to continue on with topic uh continue on with topic three are you teaching them to be responsible and this all has to do with teaching your kids uh valuable lessons as they grow because you're going to have to discipline them and you're going to have to show them how to budget and things like that because sometimes that budgeting is a long, long lesson, and sometimes we don't even know it. And and that's the whole entire uh, point of the matter is responsibility. It is so hard, and it sucks sometimes to be responsible, but it is what it is. You got to do it. You got to be an adult, and it's such a hard lesson to learn. But they have got to learn to pay bills. They got to learn to get a job. Got to learn. Oh, well, I have to work for what I want, and working for what you want kind of sucks. I know it does for me. I have to get up every day to do it. But don't we all hate it? Don't we all hate having to go to get up and go to work when should be doing what we want to do? But that's part of life. Yes. And in Proverbs, I love Proverbs because it's full of so much wisdom. And Proverbs uh, 6, um, starting at verse 9, it says, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And so shall your poverty comes on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. It's telling about the laziness of people in there. You know, you just use everybody else. Do you want your children living off of you for the rest of their life? Mom, people. Or do you want your friends living off of you for the rest of your life because you're having trouble saying no? In this same verse, it says, um, starting at verse 2, you're snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of your friend. Okay, people, you're snared by the words of your mouth. Don't keep lending to them. Don't keep giving them over because you're going to be 
snared into a web, a web of their own folly, and you're going to be taking care of them until you learn to say no. You got to draw boundary lines. Boundary lines are okay. That's not being mean. Boundary lines saying, okay, it's time you grow up. We go into trials from the Lord and it's for our own good. These trials teach us right from wrong. These trials open our eyes to where our sin lies and our weaknesses lie that we need to work on. And sometimes that's what people have to go through for their own good. They have to go through these things in order to grow up. Start teaching your children to wash their own clothes. Start teaching them and give them chores that they have to do. They want an allowance, teach them responsibility. That, that does your, Do you just get money handed to you every week to pay your bills and your rent? No, you have to work for it. Okay, you need to start teaching your children while they're young responsibility, how to clean up after themselves. And yes, even young boys can learn how to sew their own buttons on their shirts. They need to be learn to be self-sufficient. And parents teaching your kids responsibility will help to do that. Yeah, and unfortunately, kids do need to sew. And uh, buttons do come off things every now and again. But I'm, that kind of job kind of sucks. <laughs> but we're going to continue on here. with uh, where, What talk are we on now, honey? Oh, we're still on topic number three? Yes. Oh, you found a special verse, huh? Okay. This is from James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that you, the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may perfect and complete lack, no, lacking nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Well, there you go. That's another word of wisdom from uh, the Bible. Isn't it funny? Well, it's, it's not really funny, but it's actually the perfect owner's manual for life. Because everything you could possibly ask for, any kind of wisdom, all you have to do is open a book. Yes, and so back on to our next topic is if you keep enabling your friends, if you keep enabling your siblings, if you keep enabling your children and giving them money when you know they're not inside that little voice that's the Holy Spirit telling you that they're not using it for what they said, you're just enabling and then you're just helping them stay a drunk. You're just helping them stay a drug addict. Okay, you're just helping them not be responsible and spend their money on their bills, what they should. And then if they have a little money left over, then go buy those hundred dollar pair of shoes. But you're going to keep doing that for them as long as you keep enabling them to do it. And so what does it lead to? What will it lead to? Because eventually our kids are going to get arrested. Drug addiction leads to theft because when Finally, the money train runs out. Guess what? They're going to find another way to get it. And they're going to do whatever they have to to get it. And it's stealing. Drug addiction and alcohol addiction is bad. Alcohol addiction and drug addiction kind of go hand in hand. And 
gambling. If it's gambling, guess what? They're going to end up selling everything they have just to feed their gambling addiction. And it's going to get worse and worse. Oh, they make, make a little money at first. But then as the addiction grows in them, it's going to get worse and worse. There's all sorts of, oh yeah, and shopping, that's just as bad. You can't let them, you can't be a part of their frenzy to keep feeding their addiction. Are you helping them or are you enabling them? Do you remember the story of the prodigal son? It's in Luke chapter 15. One son came to his father and he wanted his inheritance now. Okay, inheritance means it's something that they get when the father died. So he kind of wished his father dead. One stayed behind. Both sons had their own little folly. The prodigal son went and he spent it. And then he ended up living in a pig pen because he, he needed some food somehow. Then he said, you know, my father's servants live better than that, than I'm living. I'll go home. The father never gave up hope for his child and he was waiting for him. He was waiting for him as he came down the road. And he told the other brother, you know, he told the other brother, hey, we're going to have a party. Your brother's home. And he put his robe on him and he put his ring on him. And he said, my son was dead and now he's alive again. Spiritually dead. Now spiritually alive again. And the older brother got mad. He said, you never threw me any kind of parties. And the dad said, hey, you've been here. Hey, you know, you ain't asked for one. That's your fault. You've been here. But your brother was dead and now he's alive again. Okay, he spent it all. And basically asking for his inheritance, he was wishing his father dead. So he didn't care about his dad. All he wanted to do and all he did was party it away. Party it away. Have you been there? Are you living in that right now? That's food for thought right there. And that's kind of um that's kind of a messed up story where the father the kid leaves. His father just gives him a party when he returns, and then the other son that stayed there got nothing. I mean, that's kind of messed up. That's kind of a really uh, kind of an unusual story. Personally, I never read it, and this is the first time I've actually heard it from my wife. She just said, shared it with me the first time. I'm sitting here back here thinking, like, I, I know it's a summary, but dang, that's a really a messed up story. Like, what happened? <laughs> You see, it's the one back home had just as much of a sin because he wasn't grateful for what his dad was giving him and where he was. And, you know, getting angry about his brother. Okay, you should be praising the Lord when someone is being saved and set free and their life is turned around, not jealous of them. See, his brother had a jealousy thing going on and that was just as much of a sin. But, this leads you to my story. I told you in the beginning that I got experience with this. Yes. I was married before to an alcoholic and a drug addict. And yes, he loved his family. He loved us and he loved his children. But he allowed the drugs and alcohol, the demon, to take over. And that's who I blame. I blame the drugs and the alcohol. I blame Satan. And... 
we lived a life of fear and it was a lot of abuse and it really it really instilled fear in us the yelling and the fighting and the lack of money because it went for the drugs and alcohol all the time and then the abuse that got poured onto my older son my younger son was killed in a car accident my older son couldn't take that because he they were best friends but then all it all the abuse from his dad that he all, all he always wanted was just someone to love him right his dad to love him and to be proud of him and instead he didn't get anything like that that he wanted and there are there were some good times but there was just as many bad times that added to such a great deep depression in his heart that he got saved, but then he went back and forth because see what you don't give God, God you know, God's a gentleman and he, he's not going to take what you won't give him. He wants you to give him stuff freely because that way you want to get rid of it and you won't take it back. That's why God does that. And so there was still stuff that he hadn't gotten over yet. And he, he has been for the last 15 years um, or so, back and forth on drugs in the last 10 years pretty steadily more living on the streets than living in a place to live i enabled him for quite some time um, my heart was broken and i prayed for him but i couldn't allow the drugs in my home but you know what that's one thing he never wanted to do is bring it in my home he would live on the streets before he bring it brought it into my home but off and on he was coming back home and and then he would try to get a job but then the trigger would happen you see he needed to get healing he needed to get healing for what was going on inside from the brokenness that he suffered all those years but satan was had a hold on that poor child's heart it was kept him he kept him confused but he did always have a heart to do what was right and to serve the lord it's just the depression and the hurt and the pain from what he suffered it hurt him. It hurt him and he didn't know how to deal with it. And he just wanted to get away from the pain. And so he drowned it with drugs and alcohol. But at first, at first, I would take him food. I would take him clothing. I would buy him a tent because I couldn't bear anything else. Because, see, I couldn't make him get straight. He was an adult at this time. And he didn't want it. He wanted to be where he was. Like a prodigal son wanted to live there in that pig pen. And then when I met Donnie, he's the one that told me, you're enabling him. you got to stop this because he's coming to you for help instead of God. Are we helping our children live in the pit of hell? Are we helping them do that? That's what I was doing. I was helping him to live in the pit of hell. I was helping him to stay comfortable in hell. Hey, people, we got to stop doing that. Yes, and it went on for a few more years, and I went for a couple years without hearing from him. And we had been pretty close most of our life because of the hurt that we both suffered. And it, my heart was breaking, and I was praying for him all the time and having friends and family, everybody praying for him continually. And then he started getting so bad that he was stealing. He was stealing just to get his fix. He ended up in another state. And from there, you know, the anger that was coming up from 
the anger he felt inside for everything that he went through and he got in a fight and he, because of that, it landed him in jail. And it was pretty hefty charges, three different charges against him. Felony charges that he could have landed in jail for 20 years. And I let go and I was put him into God's hand that I was letting him take him where he needed to go. Because I would rather him suffer a little bit here on earth than die in hell and go to hell. I couldn't let that happen to my child. The Lord kept giving me verses and verses that he was going to be okay. That he would take care of him. Cash your cares upon the Lord. He will never let the righteous fall. Psalm 55, 22. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your children. That's Acts 16, 31. He gave me so many verses to stand on regarding my son and verses to speak. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, but you shall refute every tongue that accuses you. And I have spoken that over him for the last 10 years. And last week, the first day of his trial, on my Bible app division that I read every morning, the verse of the day was none other than my verse, Isaiah 54, 17. That was a message from God that he was about to set my son free. You see, I hadn't heard from my son in two years. And since he got put in jail the end of last year, he's calling me every day. And now God had him walled in because he couldn't get at his lovers. If you ever read Hosea, the Lord told Hosea regarding Gomer that he would wall her in so she can't get to her lovers. Why don't you pray that over your lost loved ones? Lord, wall my lost loved ones in so they cannot get at their lovers and the enemy will lose interest and leave in the name of Jesus. Pray that over them. And every day I'm hearing my son talk about the Lord and talk about how he's reading the Bible and he's read it all the way through in there. And, and he's been enlightened to everything that he thought was had wrong perception of God showed him truth. God showed him there that he was loving. God was talking to him in there. God was showing him direction. I, there, two miracles happened out of this story. So God taught him about the, the Passover. This Easter, he taught him about it. In fact, in the jail, which is a miracle in itself, that he provided everything in his pathway to celebrate it. And so him and his cellmate that he prayed over and is saved, celebrated the Passover with him. This is just so awesome. This is God at work. I didn't have to do anything. Parents, are you listening? If you put your kids in your in the Lord's hands, you don't have to do anything. Keep praying for them and let God take control. So he celebrated the Passover. And while he celebrated the Passover, guess what? His firstborn child, my first grandbaby, was born during the Passover, April 16th. That is two miracles because the second miracle was on the first day of my son's trial. God gave me that verse and God was telling me and he was telling me and he gave me Psalm 9 verse 9 and 10 that he will never forsake those who put their trust in him. And he was telling me, Timmy has put his trust in him. 
my son has put his trust in the Lord and he's not going to forsake him. He was trusting that God was going to set him free. See, for the first time in his life, Kimmy said, guess what? He said, I am alive. This place has finally made me come to life. I feel alive for the very first time. For the very first time, I feel joy in my heart. He said nothing but despair and depression and a sense of hopelessness. And now it's been completely turned around. He's had a break and he's born again. And the verdict came back on all three counts, not guilty. He got set free. Just got out of jail right before Mother's Day so he can spend it with his new baby girl. Is that not a miracle or what? That's what your God can do. How about trust him? And stop enabling your children. Stop enabling your loved ones. And if you ever have a chance to read 1 Samuel and the first chapter about Hannah, who she couldn't have children, she was barren. And she prayed so earnestly. See, God had a plan for her firstborn son. And if she'd been having him, she wouldn't have prayed and gave her firstborn son over to him. And so for Samuel 1.11, she says, she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. No razor will ever be used on his head. And he did, and he answered that prayer. Sometimes your trials are for a purpose. God will turn things around and, and you will have a blessing. And because of that, Samuel was born. A priest, a prophet, the first to anoint kings and the last of the judges. God greatly used Samuel. What will he do with your siblings and with your children if you just stop enabling them and give them over to him? Very good question. That's food for thought right there. What will you do to mold your children into loving God? Are you teaching them about God? Or do you know God as your Lord and Savior? These are all food for thought. And roll over and see what see what answers come out. Well, we're going to close here. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this awesome podcast. I told you it's going to be a special one. You got to hear about my lovely wife's journey with her son, which is over, honestly, probably 10-year journey with her son with drugs and alcohol and she finally had to learn to let God take the wheel and within a few short years after God take control she met she got their son back called her every day and her, now she's a grandma well she does not like me saying the word grandma <laughs> but anyway always remember you know you got this when you let God lead the way we'll talk at you later guys I'm glad you enjoyed this, and please go to our website, yournewlifeministries.org, or if you have a question or a prayer request or a special topic you want us to teach on, just use the Contact Us page or email us at info at yournewlifeministries.org. So until next time, next week we got a special one for you, interview, interview with Laura Beth Ryan of Cheerful Hearts, the Queen of Resilience. And oh, you're not going to want to miss this story. She was bedridden for 10 years. Yes, now she walks. You're not going to want to miss that story. Meet us next time here on You Got This.